Hey, I'm Raina. And I'm Pete. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Unbusy Podcast. It's the show for self-employed people who want more time. Who want to be time rich. Who want to do meaningful work and be productive. While letting the busy go. Who want to enjoy their work days. And sometimes just go skiing on Wednesday afternoons. Or just take Fridays off. Self-employed people who want to spend their time where it matters. This is the Unbusy Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Unbusy Podcast. I am so happy you're here today. I'm here with Pete McPherson, my co-host, and we have (laughs) Elizabeth Cook, um, our guest today. I heard Elizabeth recently on a podcast talking about setting her non-negotiables and then defending them. which is usually the much more difficult part, um, especially when the stakes get a little higher. Um, So when I heard that, I thought, oh, we got to talk to her on a busy podcast. But I want to start with letting her introduce herself so that you have a little context for who she is and her business. And um, I will hand it over to her to do that because she'll be able to do it way better than me. Elizabeth? Thanks, Serena. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate you having me here. Uh, Yes. So in my business, I work with entrepreneurs and I use a tool called the Colby Assessment and uh, it shows how you best use your own time and energy. So really appropriate to this conversation today, but it has all sorts of applications. Yeah. So you can use it to um, kind of set up your own day, your week, like for personal productivity. You can use it with clients to improve communication or where um, it has a lot of powerful powerful applications is to use with teams uh, to once you understand how each team member naturally operates, you can improve your collaboration by making sure like everybody's in the right seat and using their time and energy to their best ability. So it's optimized. Yeah, I love I think that's part of the reason I'm pretty sure that Pete and I have completely opposite Colby scores. Uh, I would guess that <laughs> you're not better. supposed I to think guess. after this like, podcast, <laughs> we should actually take this, by the way, at some point in the future, just to like see. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, Pete, if you yeah. take oh. it, let me know. And I would love to do a complimentary consult with you because... I listened to several of your episodes and you're not supposed to guess, but I do have my guesses and Raina, I think you're right. I think you compliment each other, which is great. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Full disclosure, Elizabeth, actually, after I met her, I was like, became fascinated with this whole idea of Colby because you guys know that I do a lot of work in just like productivity and leadership and how does this all work and kind of leveraging your own strengths. So when I heard about it, I was like, oh, I was kind of fascinated. So I took it and then Elizabeth did a consult with me and it was, it's been really enlightening because we all think the way we see the world is how everyone sees the world. And I realize on some intellectual level, you know that, but when someone points out specific things, it's like, no, this is, this is unique to you or, you know, to people with your similar type. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, that's why I write long emails and other people stop reading one line in. Right. (laughs) So, okay. I I have more than intrigued now. Now this is like a must do. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Sorry. Keep going. We'll come back. Okay. Well, let me me just interject. 
for anybody else who's uh, hearing that, like Pete, so it's uh, Colby.com. So it's with a K, K O L B E.com. And it's not my assessment. I'm a certified consultant in it, but the company uh, has been around for decades. They used it with like all sorts of corporations, more than 2 million people across the world have taken it. So I'm certified in using that assessment, but it's not, it's not my intellectual property. So you can go to Colby.com and and learn more (laughs) about it. And Raina, exactly what you said is why I love using it because I've found just for me personally, and when I'm talking and working with other people, it's that idea. So many things that we think might be like personality conflicts or like a value conflict. Once you understand the Colby, it just kind of teases that out. Often it's not, um, it's just a different way that you approach problem solving. And so when you understand that about someone else, it just kind of can separate where the conflict might be and reduce it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I found it very enlightening around that. Like just finding out, like I'm a person who needs a lot of information to start with And so I assume other people do. And then two minutes in, their eyes are glazed over like, oh, my God, please stop. (laughs) Because they have a different (laughs) approach to that. And like knowing that helps you adjust so that you can optimize, which is one of Pete likes the word optimize. I thought I'd throw that in there. Um, You don't like the word optimize? No? No, I'm shaking my head. No, I'm over that. No, we'll talk later. Oh, you're okay. Okay. (laughs) Done with optimization. All right. But, But the idea of like maximizing each person's like what they do well so that there's not the gaps, right? Because then we all kind of come together to fill in the gaps. Okay, sorry, I will come back to like, (laughs) this this whole thing I think is really interesting. But what I want to come back to talking about is like, Elizabeth, personally, as an entrepreneur, right, there's the things that we do, but then there's our own entrepreneur life behind the scenes, (laughs) which is sort of what Pete and I have felt privileged to like peek, you know, take a peek at um, with the people that we've interviewed. And one of those things is like creating some non-negotiables, the stuff that you realize, like, here's the stuff that if these things are in place, then my entrepreneur work life in general is probably going to is going to be okay. I can work with the other stuff around that. Oh, yes. Pete has a thought. I was raising my hand like a third grader. Uh, um, I would actually <laughs> like, like to start. Stop talking. <laughs> First of all, it's effective in podcasting, just for all the podcasters out there. You do video. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I would actually like to hear Elizabeth define non-negotiable. First, is there any way I could start with that? Because I just yeah. got this idea like in my that. head of like, oh, yeah. I want to make sure we're all on the right page. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Okay, okay. So the way I think of it is like it's the um, – the criteria that I'm using to make decisions um, in terms of what I'm going to put on my calendar or what I'm going to um, what I'm going to do or not do, and particularly in the moment when um, when the planning gets turned upside down, you know, like oh, I mean, we can yes. all do planning <laughs> ahead of time um, and all of that, but it's more in those moments where you know you get this great opportunity that. Um, or some, something, you know, you get a call from a family member, something that might upset your schedule, um, that then you're trying to decide, or you have, um, so it's kind of the thing that, um, that I say is my, like my, I hate to say absolute because I don't want to sound rigid in it, but it's kind of how I pre-decide the things I've pre-decided on that are going to be on my calendar or that are not going to be on my calendar. Yeah. Pre-deciding. That's a great way to put that. 
Yeah. And for me, what that does, particularly in the moment is, um, it keeps my people pleasing at bay or keeps my, you know, Hmm. almost always the things we're deciding between are, you know, not easy decisions. They're all good options or it's all things we could do or places we could make a contribution. So, um, kind of by pre-deciding what's going to get my focus or energy or what I'm going to use as a filter to make my decisions, um, keeps me mm, just in line with what I've already decided or like intentional, um, about what I want my days to look like, what I want my years to look like. Cause otherwise in that moment, I'm going to be, it's going to be other people deciding, you know, whether it's just life or, a client or a family member, even often I'm having to kind of set non-negotiable so I can help uh, make decisions with family member requests as well. Hmm. Sorry, I was giving Pete's, I was, I was giving you, I, I thought you had a, a moment because there were oh, so you're many. Oh, you via the No, <laughs> I was like, Sorry. well, because what I was thinking is we've had several guests, we, or like the other podcasts we've done, we've talked about developing coffee filters that just keeps coming up over and over. And I was thinking this is another Mm. one of those. Mm -hmm. I think you even used the word filter um, because I love that you mentioned it takes so much energy to constantly be weighing every single request. And if you can have a few pre-decided things that like you said, this is part of, I'm pre-deciding these things because they're part of the intentional life I'm building, then you don't have to use any energy when you get requests that cross with those things. Um, yes. Okay. I'm so really glad good. you, I'm so glad you said that. Cause like bringing it back to the Colby. Um, so one of the modes that uh, when you get your score, it measures is called quick start. And it's how um, like your method of dealing with risk and uncertainty. So um, you and I, Raina, are both in this like stabilized place where we like bring stability and we're like constantly mitigating risk and trying to remove uncertainty. People at the other end um, and if I were the guessing type, which I'm not because Colby does not recommend it, <laughs> but if I were the guessing type, I would recommend, I would guess Pete is at the other end of that continuum um, in terms of someone who like always has a lot of ideas and is always innovating just based on some of the things Pete, you said on your podcast about shiny objects and um, your, um, I seem to remember you saying something along the lines of really wanting to um, streamline your offers and not be going in a bunch of different directions. So anyway, back to my point, wherever you are on that continuum and quick start, it's not that one is good or one is bad, but either way, if you have pre-decided like a filter for how you're going to make that decision about like which, um, which shiny object or which new idea you're going to go after, it makes it so much easier because if you, if you, uh, tend to, have a lot of ideas, it makes it easier because now you're like not spreading yourself too thin by going after too many at once. And if you're on the other end of the continuum, like me, it takes me a lot of energy to do something new every time. So it helps me prioritize my energy in the direction I want it to go. Hmm. So I hope that without going into all of the details of Colby, I hope that gives a little bit enough to, to go on there. Can I give uh, two examples really quick? Um, out of my own life, I discovered a long time ago that 
accepting guest blog post. If you have a website, and especially if you have a website with any sort of content on it, blog, you'll get a lot of emails that's like, hey, we would love to contribute a guest post. Do you accept them? I can send you some ideas. I can send you this. I can send you that. And that process is terrible for me personally. And so I decided a long time ago, just the answer is no. And mm-hmm. man, it's just, it's just freeing. It's just liberating knowing that, oh, I see that email come in. I literally have a canned response ready to go. That's like, thanks, but no thanks. I don't do them for anybody, period. I don't have to look at what you're offering me. I could just say no, period. No time and energy spent, done. Yes. And I actually ended up doing the same thing for guests on my podcast. Uh, Not that I would say no, but if I know the person, that's actually a different story. And I I generally just say a blanket, yes. If I don't know the person, my thing now is just to be like, sure, the price is X. And I just tell Mm. people that. And everyone says no. Um, I've only had one person (laughs) say yes. And I was like, oh. What people do this? People pay to be on other people's podcasts. It was weird, but <laughs> instituting those sorts of things. I just want to underscore for everybody listening to this: the the main benefit is on the front end. It's before anything happens. It's knowing that if X Y Z comes in to try and get on my calendar to try and take my energy, it's just a blanket no, and I don't even have to think about it anymore. One more example. Sorry, I don't know which podcast you've listened to of mine. Thank you, by the way. That's very. Um, uh, what's the word? You're a pro. You're a pro if you research podcasts, people that you're going to go on. Anyways, um, one of them for me was no new products in 2022. No new products in 2022. And the stupidest thing happened. I announced that to the world and, and to myself, and I immediately felt better. Like even before 2022, even before the urge to try something new arose, I already felt better. It was just this freeing moment of like, well, I'm just going to table stuff. Oh, I feel better. I don't know why. It was a weird effect, but it was immediate. Anywho, I'll let uh, I'll let Raina take over. Yeah. No, that is the I one agree. I listened like, to. That whole... <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> funny. <laughs> the whole thing, I, I think it's just it like if we are gonna pull a nugget out of this podcast, um Elizabeth, we've been calling random things nuggets, and I'm not sure where it came from, but it's stuck. Um is I think that is a key to becoming unbusy is these like pre-deciding because I mean, how much time and energy do you end up using in like these millions of small decisions that deplete you for the bigger things? And so I just realized like, this is, I feel like this is a, this is a good one, (laughs) like to clear, to make the schedule feel yes. Good nugget. Like to make the schedule feel less busy Um, pre-deciding. So one of the things I really, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I was going to ask if I could transition into how to say no. That's where my that's where my brain was going. Oh, no. I was going the same place. Okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. We're pro podcasters well, over here. We're just reading each other's minds. That's like next level. Go ahead. <laughs> Is this, well, you know, how do you, one, how do you tell, then communicate those non-negotiables, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it depends on, I mean, that is really where the... Um, I hate to say cliche. That's really like where the magic happens though, or where, you know, it comes to, um, (laughs) where it's, uh, decided. And for me, the, um, the pre-deciding does make that communication part easier. So it depends on the circumstance and like, like who it is, for example. But, um, I'll just say like with my, uh, I have three daughters and they're all in college now, but when they were home, like there was a time where they were all teenagers. And, um, so they, 
would stay up very, very late at night. And I, my sleep pattern, like I really need to be asleep by around 10 because no matter what, it's, I'm going to wake up like around two or three. And so anyway, and that's my best sleep. So if I push it back, I'm just going to lose that hour. So for me, it was like a predecided thing that I am off limits at 10 o'clock. I mean, unless it's an emergency, you know, it's, I'm off limits, even if I'm awake and in my room reading or, um, you know, but I'm off limits. So it's that, um, it makes it so much easier because with three teenage daughters in the house, like on almost any given night, there was a, I'm using quotes, emergency, you know, some drama. And <laughs> it's, it's not that I don't want to be there for that because I do want to show up for those, but with three teenage daughters, like every night there could have been something that if that wasn't like the house rule, you know, then um, it just would have been so easy to be like, oh, mom, I got to tell you this. Now, I could still choose, of course, to stay up later when there really was some, you know, when I decided that I felt like it really needed me. But most of the time it didn't need to be me. You know, they had sisters, they had friends, most things there were other people that could support them in those moments. And um, so it was kind of by announcing that ahead of time, like everybody knew that, that after 10 o'clock, you know, you weren't going to get my best response. Um, So that would be a way to communicate it. Um, I know you had shared or you had mentioned before I had, um, when I was working with the client and this was, um, I guess it was last year uh, or maybe two years ago, but my daughters were still home and I'm on the East coast. This client was on the West coast and um, I ended my work day at 4 PM Eastern time, which was 1 PM for her. And so in our conversation about our contract for the next year, we were increasing my workload. So there were going to be more things I was responsible for, but that was still really important to me, um, particularly that year, because it was my last year with them at home. So, you know, I just communicated that, you know, as we were talking and I shared, you know, I would be, um, I just shared it up front. That's my work day ends at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, I can certainly, you know, check in, but I'm not going to be doing anything substantive in the business after that. But the the advantage is, you know, first thing the next morning before you're up and in your business, I can get started on it. Um, so it, it, I think part of it is um, when you know, like when you've really pre-decided, or at least for me, when I know that, that's my non-negotiable. Like it's that important to me. It really, it doesn't matter so much how it lands. I mean, that, that may sound rude because of course I want to like keep rapport and especially when it's, you know, a client or my child. But at the end of the day, if it's risen to be my non-negotiable, my, I feel like my responsibility is to communicate that clearly so that the person can decide, Mm -hmm. but my job isn't to like make it okay with them. You know, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's not my responsibility for it to be okay with them because if it's truly a non-negotiable, if it's not okay with them, then we need to have that discussion. You know, it's, um, so, I mean, I, I think clearly, but, um, but I don't have to make it okay with them. Have you ever worked with anybody who is more of a people pleaser and who has had a hard time getting to that point? You know what I mean? Uh, what What would you say to those people? I, yeah, I know I for mean, certain that 
Yeah, I'm I'm a people pleaser. I mean, I have been a people pleaser. Like that's definitely been a struggle for me. And I think that's um I mean, I think I think that's actually helped me because it's it's not like I can do that with everything. I have to really mean it. So, I think that's where getting clear about what those non-negotiables are because it's not like I just set my demands and get my way. I'm not at all that type of person, but it's, you know, when you have just a few things that you've pre-decided, um, then it makes it, uh, for me, that helps me get past that people pleasing because, um, at the end of the day, if I haven't, um, if I'm not being intentional or honoring that commitment to myself, then it's not going to work out long-term anyway. Like it's going to hurt that relationship, you know, like with my daughters, for example, if I'm constantly staying up later to hear every drama that happens in a high school girl's life, I'm going to eventually resent them for that. And of course I love them, but it's going to come out, it's going to leak out in some way. So to protect that relationship, you know, so that I'm being direct with them. And for, in that case, so that I'm, it's important to me to model that for them. Like, I don't want them to grow up and feel like they have to be everything for everybody. So, um, that helps me too to, to think of like what I'm modeling for them. I have one more question for you on the non-negotiable front. <clears throat> Pardon me. Let's give a homework assignment to people who are listening to this. And I'm thinking of somebody who probably doesn't have any non-negotiables. Or they, they, if you ask them to make a list, they would be, they'd have to think. They're like, I don't think I do anything like this. But they want to. My question is, where is the first place they should start? Is there a specific activity they should look for? Or is there like an exercise they can do to kind of like figure out what things should I say no to? Or blanket say yes to? Or does that make sense? Like where should people start? Yes. I love that question. So, um, one of the things that I use is, um, you know, you've, you've probably seen this lots of places, but, uh, where they have like, a uh, kind of the buckets, sometimes people call it like a wheel of life or there's, um, I first saw it in, um, power sheets, goal planners, which is a, a separate company that has like this goal planning activity, but there are, um, there's probably lots of things if you Googled it, but the idea is there's like all of these different buckets that you can like rate your life. So, you know, it might be financial, professional, um, physical health, spiritual service, like all these different buckets. And, um, that's how I got started was I would go through that process and look through like, okay, for the next, I usually do mine planning for 90 days. And I, so I do do this every 90 days and I will look at each of those categories and, kind of decide which one of those is going to be a priority in the next 90 days and kind of how am I feeling about where each one is? You know, is there something I need to do um, uh, that I want to like prioritize more? Which of these do I want to prioritize more in this next 90 days? So that could be a way to do it, like looking at something like that and just kind of taking stock of where you are and um, which area feels like you want to pay more attention to it um, and make some in that 90 days, like feel like you're in a better place than you are right now. Um, and just ha- going through that reflection. I mean, I think if you like looked at some of those categories, you would probably get a sense of where you want um, 
where you want to make some changes and then figure out what would, you know, what would be one or two things that if I did every day or every week um, in that area, 90 days from now, things would be a lot different. Um, and then you could, that could become your non-negotiable and then you have to put it, you know, on your calendar. Um, I'll just give you an example right now because I'm looking at my, where I write my goals. So one of mine, um, and this feels brave because I had it on last quarter and I actually didn't do it and ended up erasing it in the middle. So just to be real, um, but my, (laughs) one of my, um, so, one of my things is to read a financial article every month and share it with my husband and talk to him about it. Um, we started a couple of years ago. We have these like Sunday night meetings where we pay our bills and kind of talk about the week ahead and, and make some financial decisions. And um, we've just over the last several months, I'm like, I, I really would like to have more to bring to this conversation. And um So that's been on my mind the last couple times I've done this 90 days and I just haven't taken action on it. So this time I put it on my calendar. So that's my, you know, if, if, I mean, I could have, I started pretty minimum, which is also something I think is a good idea, but that's only three financial articles a month. You know, I mean, I could do that today and be done, but I'm trying to, um, you know, by having it in my quarterly goals and kind of spreading it out, my thought is that one article may lead to several conversations and, um, so anyway, that's, that's an idea. Does that answer that question, Pete? I like it. Yeah. I thought that was great. And let me know if you ever need personal finance recommendations. I feel like those are all friends of mine. Uh, and I have some. Oh, great. Yeah. I have some people you could follow. Yes. Thank yeah. you. I, I have I just want to say that I have never really thought about the idea of, I think I, um, sometimes am like, can be somewhat inflexible. <laughs> personally, like not so much with my clients, but like, I think of my non-negotiables as like, this is the way it is. Right. And I've decided that. And so now for forever, (laughs) that will be the non-negotiable. Um, and so what you just said about like doing, cause I plan by 90 days too, and I do reflect and I had, it never, no, no joke. It had not occurred to me that like my non-negotiable might actually, you know, evolve with that reflection. Um, so I just appreciate that, like, sometimes I think there's some fear around committing to something that sounds very rigid like that. <laughs> um, and so this idea that, like, I don't have to stay with this forever. I can choose this thing. And if it's not actually helping preserve my energy and create more unbusyness uh, <laughs> and, you know, get me towards what I want. I know. Did you see how I- Pete noticed I just I worked unbusy in that was good <laughs> but if, was a you know, if it's not good marketing too if it's not getting me there like non-negotiables can change they're there to serve you so I just wanted to add that oh, that was like a mind-blowing absolutely. idea to me <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. for me they have to change because otherwise you're just constantly adding you know I mean if you're Otherwise, yeah. it's just you're always adding more to your to-do list. And kind of the whole point, for me at least, is like, um, um, because they're all important, right? You know, when we look at all of these things, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes I am. I'm trying to decide, like, am I letting my my service slip this quarter? Like, am I going to do less? You know, but, but it is. Or am I going to let my, you know, um, 
my business slip this quarter. I mean, who wants to say that? You know, but that that is if you're constantly, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. if they're all important all the time, then that's where I think you feel defeated or just more busy. So it's not that they're not yeah. important. And, and it's not like I'm now like ignoring my family, but they'll be 90 day periods where I'm, I'm, I'm being more intentional to make sure I'm prioritizing certain people or certain activities for that 90 days. And then at the end of the 90 days, I'm like, okay, can I switch gears now? Or, you know, and so, um, I usually do, I mean, I usually do switch. Yeah. Well, and something that stood out to me when you were talking about, um, you know, around people pleasing and communicating your non-negotiables, you said something and I tried to write it down, but I didn't get it quite right, which was if it's, if it's important enough to be a non-negotiable or pre-decided, then it's probably so important to me that I don't actually care if someone says, oh, that doesn't work for me. Um, I was thinking, man, that's a good coffee filter for like how if this really meets the threshold, right? Like, because yeah. I feel that a way about, I see clients on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And I've realized like just making sure that all of that same energy and all of like, it makes the rest of my week flow better to like not have, you know, client calls lit- like littered, that sounds bad, but you know, like spread out <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And it's like so important to me. Like, you know, I actually haven't had anyone not work for yet, amazingly. Um, but if I did, I would be like, I'm going to give you a list of other people that you can, you know, it's like that important to me. I know it like, um, so it just that also I was thinking that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And I, I do feel like it, it, I was kind of like, oof, when you said don't care. And I know that is what I said, but it, it's not that I don't care. Like I would be, I might re- be really right, disappointed right. that I couldn't work with that person or I might be sad about it, but yeah. I just know once it's, once I've made that decision, I have to release control of the outcome. So that's really what yes, it's about. That's, yeah. Because for me, it's yeah. not going to be worth yeah. it if that's the cost I have to pay. And so I've decided that ahead of time. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. I think one of the things yeah. that helps like, what you were saying is thinking about, um, you know, where kind of, if you're trying to decide what, what rises to that top, to the top of being something that you're willing to, you know, release control the outcome about is like really thinking about, um, what do I want my life to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, what, what, what's going to be important to me when I'm, 75, 80. And is this helping me get there? Um, and the things that that really helps me clarify the most important non-negotiables for me. Like, I mean, one of my biggest ones that is always a non-negotiable is my sleep (laughs) because probably for most people, but definitely for me, you know, as soon as my sleep gets disrupted, everything else is, I mean, that's just the most crucial thing. So, um, that's something that I know it's, I'm not going to be able to do any of the other things on my list if I don't prioritize my sleep. Yeah. And what you said about backing up and thinking about how this is going to, how meaningful is this going to be when I'm 70? Like, how is this creating the intentional life I want to live? It made me think of, I had a client and we created his non-negotiable was he drove his boys to school every morning. 
And he and his wife both had like super crazy busy careers. They had childcare help, like someone else could have done it. And it in affected like he needed to start his um, practice later in the morning. He could not have staff meetings before he started seeing, um, you know, his clients. And so it did affect things. But he was like, when when my boys leave and they're not here anymore, I want to know that I spent 20 minutes with them every single weekday morning just talking about stuff. Um, and like he just realized that was something that was creating an intentional life he wanted to know that he had when he was 70. So that was that's a really another really good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great example. And you know, like once you make that decision, everything else does fall into place. I mean, you know, it's uh, sometimes things like that you think I could never do that. But when you really get serious and decide, you'll be, or I've always been surprised how much the, everything else does fall into, into place. And I know we've talked about this before too. It's, um, particularly with, because we both work with, with entrepreneurs, so many people started their business so that they had, could have that autonomy, but then they, and, and I was in the same place. You know, I, when I started my business, that was one of my driving reasons but then it's so easy to fall back into that pattern of of the hurriedness and feeling like you know you have to have to do it all right now and have to you know uh, respond to everyone's requests and um, so I, I think one of the gifts of being an entrepreneur is it 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 really removes that excuse you know like I I think I used to say a lot like oh I don't have time for that or my job doesn't allow that or you know whatever and then when I started finding, when I started falling back into that pattern, um, I realized like, okay, I don't have that excuse anymore. So I need to figure out how to do this because, you know, if I've made my schedule too busy, which does still happen some days, then it's just, it's, um, I just have to check myself and say, okay, that's my responsibility. I can't blame that on anybody else. So, um, I have the freedom and the responsibility to, to do that. Yeah, I, I think that takes us to the last thing that I wanted to ask you about as we wrap up. I noticed you mentioned falling back into patterns. Are you referencing like the transition of your kids leaving? And so that non-negotiable flew the coop? Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So they, um, they, I have my three daughters are, are all in college, and that was always. I mean, from the time I started my business, like that four o'clock stop was a hard stop, and I really did honor that. I had all sorts of things in place. Um, one of my daughters, like during senior year, came home uh, from lunch, so I always had lunch with her every day. I had that as a hard break. Well, when they um, now were. Uh, let's see, it's April now and they left for school in August. And so um, pretty quickly after they left for school, I found myself kind of back in that pattern of, or back in the pattern from like years ago where I was working, you know, I love what I do. And so I didn't have this outside boundary and um, many nights my husband would come home and it's dark outside and I'm like looking up from the computer as he walks in and I realized, oh wow, I have, 
I'm working too much and, um, and not just because I can now. And so I've had to reset, kind of redefine my non-negotiables because everything that I had in place that was working really well for me for years, just everything changed now. And, um, because I don't have those natural hard stops. So it's been, um, it's been a process of experimenting and kind of finding what works. Um, do you want me to share a little bit about where that is or kind of? Yeah. The thing I'm curious about here is yeah. when, when you can't, because many of our listeners do enjoy their work, right? They do mm-hmm. like their work and there's a real, it takes a real pushback to not just let it take over your life because to some degree you enjoy it. So, yes. I mean, now, and, and kids, I I've noticed that the, like, people that we speak to who are kids, right? That's like just an automatic, um, I think most people know like, okay, I can't let this completely take over. But if that's not part of the picture or something like caring for aging parents or those kind of things where we really feel like a deep commitment to it, right? What are the benefits of not, of like when you've started to create those structures, how do you think that that's actually helped in your business in general, to not work all the time, to be less busy. Yes. So, um, and I have, I have, I have created structures now, even though now I have, um, you know, the ability to work all the time. And when they first left, I mean, those first couple of months, I was working all the time just because I fell back into that pattern. Um, but I realized I was, um, feeling frazzled again. I wasn't feeling like I was showing up my best, you know, all the things that being too busy creates. So now I've, I've created, I've added in some structure. It just looks different than it did when it was a four o'clock hard stop. Now my structure is, is different. Um, the main thing I think it helps me because I, um, to have, to be less busy is, um, it gives me room to, um, it gives me room to like be inspired or to, um, um, to pay attention to like what I need in that moment. Um, if I'm not so scheduled all the time. And so I'm, um, and to, I mean, I just work better. Like the work I'm doing is higher quality because I'm not, um, I'm not frazzled. I'm not, and I'm, I'm paying attention. Um, I'm taking care of myself better. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do better work is I think the main, the main answer. It's like the when law of diminishing busy. returns. Yeah. Yes. As we, yes. as our attention is divided. Definitely. Okay. So on that note, um, where can people find you? Like if they want to know more about you or the work that you do. Yes. So, um, my website is elizabethcookconsulting.com and you can find me there. And, the I hang out most on LinkedIn at Elizabeth Cook. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Elizabeth. This has been such a great conversation to think about how we preserve our energy and get less busy by this, I love the word predeciding. I may start using that instead of non-negotiable. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> Great. Thank you. 
Hey, Raina, why don't we serve advertisements or sponsors on this podcast? Mm, because we didn't want to do it? Oh, uh, yeah. But isn't there a way for our listeners to show that they enjoyed the Unbusy podcast? There is. There's actually two ways. Mm, go on. So first, they can head to our website, unbusypodcast.com, and buy us a coffee. There's a little button that'll let them donate any amount of money just to show some love and fuel our caffeine addiction. Oh, yeah. I love caffeine. All right, what else? They can also head to their podcast app of choice, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yada, 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 and leave us an honest rating and review. I like that. That'll make us super happy to read. Oh, yep. Alrighty then. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbusy Podcast. We hope you took away some nuggets. Thanks for listening, y'all. Till next time. Bye, Bye, y'all.